This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. And welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hallatow, and as always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Sarah Nangama, albeit from across the ditch again today. Bula Dean and Bula to all of our listeners. Yes, I am tuning in from Christchurch today. There is so much happening in the world of Pacific sports, so let's crack on with the show. This week, we'll chat to former rugby union gold medalist turned into rugby league superstar Gail Broughton. We answer a new question for our favourite segment, You Can Ask That, and we'll also catch up with Nika Yuane about reviving hockey in Reviving hockey, sorry, in Samoa. So, so much to cover. Dean, and what's been happening in your world? Well, I was actually over your way on the weekend because I had to go to Christchurch for a trial match last weekend between the Warriors and the Storm. And um, it was beautiful over there. I love Christchurch as a town. It's very quiet and it's um, very clean and it was great weather and there was footy on. So I love footy wherever it goes, whenever it gets an opportunity to go to, to a different location, always enjoy it and uh, got to work on it. Love that. And yes, it was so good to have you here in my new home city. Your hometown. How's, <laughs> how is life for you going so far in Christchurch, Sarah? Well, I've been here now for just over a little bit of a week and it's been pretty hectic if I was to be honest, like being in a completely new environment, adapting to new players, learning new systems, even familiarizing myself with my teammates um, and their names and their personalities has all been such a big experience. Um, I am loving it. Yes, albeit overwhelming at times. I'm really happy to be here and that's what I'm grounding myself in this week. And you've got uh, round one of the Super Rugby Alpiki starting this week. You are pumped and ready for that? Yes, I am. I will find out uh, very soon whether I am in this week's game day 23, but it's really exciting that Opiki is set to kick off. So uh, Matatu, the team I play for, we represent the South Island, will be heading to Dunedin and hosting the Auckland Blues. So that should be a cracker of a match. We look forward to hearing how that goes. Now, Sarah, top story and Super Rugby gets underway this weekend. Yes, it certainly does. The stage is set. Preseason matches are done and dusted. Coaches, I think, have a good idea of who their ideal 23 are. But it will all kick off this Friday. The Crusaders and the Chiefs uh, will take place here in New Zealand. And the Brumbies and Waratahs will kick things off down in Sydney. So it's really, really exciting. But what I'm most looking forward to are the Pacifica players who are Joining up in different teams. From the Reds, we're looking at Fijian Penny Revive for the Rebels. Vailoni Ukasi, he is a Tongan back rower and he is known for just being such an elusive, dynamic ball player and also has come into the squad at a very timely um, moment because Rob Liotta, their captain, is currently battling with uh, some injuries. So I think he'll be a slot in for them. And Akira Iwane, he's an expected player for the Blues and I think he's going to bring lots of heat. So just a couple of players to look out for, but I'm really, really excited for it to all get underway. Also remembering it's a Rugby World Cup year, so a lot of players will be trying to put up their hand for their respective nations. So honestly, can't wait for this to all kick off on Friday. Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of snuck up for me, but I am looking forward to it as well. I think it's great uh, to be able to see the, the New Zealand and the Australian teams taking each other on from the get-go. I think that's going to be really cool. So uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. Now, on the other side of things, we've also seen uh, the Super W make some announcements uh, this past week, some really big announcements, key signings, key members of squads getting announced. But Sarah, who who's taken your eye so far? 
Oh, there's been plenty that have been taking my eye. I think just looking at the Waratahs, um, we see some mainstays in the squad remain for the 23 season. Um, most notable is Adiana Talakai. She had a breakout season for the Wallaroos last year. So it'll be exciting to see where the young Tongan hooker will take things this upcoming season. But just looking across all the other teams, I think the talent has been fairly spread. Um, in the Western Force, they've locked in New Zealand-based Martha Mataela. She's actually one of my teammates here in Matatu, here at Matatu, sorry, um, Western Force have signed her, so she'll be heading up. And it's really exciting to see how she'll work outside main state. Trulid Pomade, who is also a Wallaroo. Fiji and Drua, they're back in. They're locked in for another season. Uh, Boa Rosalia, she was an incredible, incredible asset, particularly to the Fijian team at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, she is a well-known, well-loved um, and well-respected player within the Queensland Red Fold. But this year, on the back of her inclusion of playing, in, playing for Fiji, sorry, um, at the World Cup, she's actually decided to to kid up with Fiji and Drew. So I think that's a really exciting sign for them because she was such a standout player for them, for Fiji, sorry, throughout that campaign. And the Brumbies, they have named a new captain. She's been there for many years, but uh, it's pretty cool to see that they've locked her in again and her also pick up the captaincy role, and that's Sioka Pesipalu. Uh, she has been a mainstay in that squad, and I think she's had a she's had a pretty tough, not a tough trot, but... um pretty up and down season with with rugby so I think having some captaincy having some international experience under her belt will really put the Brumbies in a solid position and the Melbourne Rebels can't look past my girl Ashley Masters she is another hooker um, that has just been so outstanding and on top of her game and it's just a real standout particularly within the landscape of Australian rugby and this week it was announced alongside Rob Leota that she would be a women's captain, which is huge, huge news because that basically means that the Melbourne Rebels have two Pacifica players captaining both their men's and women's side. And those that's the kind of news that we love to hear and see. And last but not least, Queensland Reds. I left them last because I care for them the least. Not kidding. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> And again, secured Papua New Guinean Ivania Wong. Um, she has been incredible over the past few years, and this year will be no different. And also good to see someone, Cecilia Smith, also named in their squad. So a lot of names that I threw out there, but there is the players that I genuinely um, love playing alongside or playing against. So it's really cool to see the Super W competition take form in the way that it has and also see talent spread evenly across all the teams. Great summation of all the all the uh, signings for the season, Sarah. But you left yourself out, of course. You'll be returning at the end of the uh, Rugby Opiki to uh, join your Waratahs teammates once again. Yes, I will be. And that it was really, really important to me, um, particularly as I was making my decision to, to shift across the ditch and come play in OPQ. The timing of the season allows me to go back home and play the domestic season. So I will be missing out on the first round, but I will be available for selection um, by round two, which we should be heading to Canberra to take on the Brumbies. And that game, I just did not want to miss out. So hopefully the bloody stays intact, but nonetheless, I'm looking forward to doing my job here first with Matatu in Super Rugby Opiki and then heading across the ditch to my beloved Boratars. A lot of rugby coming up for you, Sarah, and uh, we look forward to seeing your results come through. Now over to the NRL and the preseason challenge wrapped up uh, last weekend. Uh, there was some some good matchups, actually. I think after a week, the first week of games, teams had sort of figured a little bit about themselves out and they also fielded stronger teams in the second week. It's probably uh, their dress rehearsal for round one of the uh, the season. The Bulldogs uh, rolled out Viliami Kikau, uh, the 
their new recruit, and he looks so good to start the game. He he, he charged over for a, for a try early on, but unfortunately he suffered a HIA early in the match and he couldn't return. Um, so not good for Big Viliami, but um, he just showed a little bit of what's to come for, for Bulldogs faithful. They weren't able to get the job done against the Sharks, who were very strong with the ball in hand. Nico Hines, he just come off the back of the All-Stars match where he played outstanding and just continues to put his hand up and play some tough football. Uh, Ronaldo Molotalo had a great game for the Sharks as well, and I think they're going to be a force in 2023. The West Tigers, my old team, got a good one away against the Canberra Raiders, scoring 36 unanswered points um, after the Raiders got the opening try. Now, the Tigers um, had a really tough loss the week before, so to bounce back and show what they can do was really good. The Dolphins, they haven't won yet. They put up a strong performance against the Cowboys and Drew the week before, but this week uh, they were beaten 40 points to 16 against the Titans, who also had a draw in week one of the preseason challenge. Now, the big news out of the weekend was the upset of the St. Helens Saints taking on the Penrith Panthers in the World Cup Challenge, and they managed to get the win 13 points to 12 with a Lewis Dodd field goal after uh, the Hooter in, in golden point extra time. He had a crack before the bell that missed, but um, he got a second uh, chance at it and got the job done. So that was... Uh, yeah, very, very much uh, an upset. St. Helens weren't expected to do much against the Panthers who were at home hosting them, uh, but the weather was terrible. There was like storms and rain sideways and St. Helens just played with a lot of grit and toughness and got the job done. The Warriors, uh, as I mentioned, I was in Christchurch for their game against the Storm. They went into halftime 6-0, so they were looking good, but Melbourne Storm in the second half showed what they could do. They're just a classy team, and um, when, when they clicked into gear, they looked really good. Uh, Christian Welsh, who's back from injury after a, a long layoff last year, led them well up front, and um, yeah, I think Melbourne, they just what they do, they just roll out you know, youngsters, they bring people through that probably in other squads aren't getting much of a crack, and they turn them into regular first graders, and they know their systems really well. So good, uh, good preseason challenge, quite enjoyed it. I love it. How far off are we now from NRL kicking off? Uh, kicks off on the 3rd of March. That'll be the um, the first round. Actually, it might be the 2nd of March. 3rd of March, 2nd of March, something like that. So next week, we've got a, a, a space in between, one week off, and then uh, it's all underway for 30-odd weeks. Oh, footy season's coming in. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> Another team that would be much excited after their poor start to the competition is New Zealand. After heavy defeats to Australia and South Africa in their opening two games, at the time of recording, New Zealand have bounced back with big wins over Bangladesh and now Sri Lanka at the Women's T20 World Cup. The White Friends are now second in Group 1 on four points behind already qualified Australia. However, the New Zealanders will need to go However, the New Zealanders will need another result to go their way to advance. With South Africa's run weight still superior to New Zealand's, the White Ferns need the Proteas to lose to progress. So good way for New Zealand to turn their results around. Yeah, good. We spoke last week about how um, tough a start they had and uh, finals were probably not on the radar, but well done to New Zealand for turning things around. Staying with cricket and the New Zealand men's side uh, have sort of started or had a, a similar um, result to how the New Zealand women started the T20. They got thumped on home soil by England. The tourists wrapped up the victory with 267 runs over New Zealand uh, in the opening session of the fourth day. The Black Caps batters folded for 126 all out. So uh, that's uh, disappointing. It was only the second innings. And the second and final test will start Friday in Wellington. So hopefully the Black Caps can turn things around uh, on home soil. You don't want to lose on home soil. That hurts. No, you don't. And yes, it actually really does suck when you lose on home soil. <laughs> 
Over to hockey, the Blackstick women's earned another point in their pro league campaign with a one-to-one regulation draw against China in Wellington. However, the New Zealand side fell short in the penalty shootout. It's their fourth consecutive loss and their next fixture is set to take place on February 25th against the USA. Tough start for them, but make sure you stay with us because we'll be talking a little bit more about hockey in Island Life later in the show. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? We've got a very special guest with us today on Talanoa Time. Uh, I've got a a very long list of accolades to read out here. I'll get through it. She won a gold medal at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. She's a gold medalist from the 2018 Com Games on the Gold Coast, a gold medal at the 2018 Rugby World Cup, uh, also 2016 silver medalist in Rio. Uh, She's represented the Parramatta Eels in the NRLW. She's currently with the New South Wales Cup um, side for the Bulldogs in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. She's Gail Broughton and she's an absolute superstar. Gail, thanks for joining us. Oh, man, thank you so much. Bro, I, I, when you read that list, it's like, wow, okay, you can you can stop now. We get the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got to put it all out there. It's such a such a big list. And uh, we were chatting off air earlier and um, such a fan of yours and the way you play the game. And uh, we're grateful to have you on the show. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's all my pleasure. I promise you that. Um, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited about this. Gail, for all of our listeners that may not be familiar with you, I could just give us a bit of insight as to um, where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah, so um, I, I guess I born and raised um, in the beautiful uh, Taranaki, which is about a four-hour drive from Auckland. I, I know a lot of people know where Auckland is, so if I, if I, <laughs> if I kind of start there, then they kind of get the gist of how far away I live. Um, but yeah, born and raised in the beautiful Taranaki, um, small town of, of Haura and, um, raised, um, God, beautiful grandparents. Uh, I, I'm grateful to be, um, my family joke about it, but I, I really think I'm the golden child, um, just because I'm the middle child. So yeah, um, but yeah, so from Harwood, from New Zealand, um, oh, what else? A little bit about me. Uh, yeah, played a played a couple years with um, the Sevens and um, ten years to be exact. Well, that, that makes me sound really, really old <laughs> when I say that. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously the the accolades can can speak for themselves. But fun fact: a lot of people actually don't know. I, well, no, actually, that's a lie. Fez knows I'm I'm a DJ, mm-hmm. and and I also um, I'm a qualified personal trainer. I can confirm she came and DJed our Mad Monday for the Waratahs one year, <laughs> and she was the best. <laughs> Gia, you are a proud Māori woman and growing up in New Zealand, no doubt you would have had the opportunity to practice your culture, but how special um, is it to you? Oh, um, you know, like it's, it's, for me, my culture and my identity is something I hold very close to my heart. Um, you know, I, I always... Before I, you know, before I move anywhere in any sport, you know, my identity piece is very strong to me, and my culture. Um, growing up, 
you know, in Te Reo Māori, um, you know, my grandparents got a kaupapa, um, schools and all that stuff. But I think for me, why my culture is so important is because of, I guess, the legacy that I want to leave. And it's showing kids like myself, you know, growing up um, with not really the best environments and not... Um, the best situations but really showing that you know you can be a little moldy kid from a small town and and you can do really really big things so yeah my, my culture is, is very close to my heart and I carry it with me everywhere I go and um, everyone that knows me knows uh, I'm usually carrying a, a bloody guitar somewhere so <laughs> <laughs> love that yeah Gail, what about you got the opportunity to represent uh, the All-Stars a few weeks ago now, the Māori All-Stars. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, that experience? And you also obviously had to win over the, the Indigenous All-Stars and yourself played a great game and, and got the player of the match. Yeah, yeah. That um, I guess that week was um, awesome, you know, like to, to put it in words, just absolutely grateful um I guess for the opportunity I've I've always seen All-Stars weekend and I've always thought like man I want to be a part of that one year and obviously getting to be a part of it um last weekend was which oh was just a phenomenal event to be a part of but I think just to showcase um you know like for the whole week it was always more than just a rugby league game for both cultures, obviously getting to really um, show off, you know, our Māori culture back home for our Indigenous brothers and sisters, but also learning about their culture as well. And um, I guess, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's going to be filled with, you know, lots of anger and lots of fights and lots of big hits. And, you know, those, those things do come with emotion, but for us as players, I think it gave a great opportunity, um, like I said, to showcase, you know, both beautiful cultures, but also a great opportunity for, you know, some of the girls that were born and raised in Australia and, you know, weren't um, lucky enough like myself to really grow up in that, in our culture to really experience it. So it was, yeah, the, the whole week was more than just the rugby league game. It was, you know, getting a porphyry. Some girls have never even stepped on their own marae. So it was cool to really um, see people um, experience that and, and be a part of that. And I'm sure it, I'm sure it, it definitely um, it showcased over the week. It's such great insight to hear what it was like for the players in the team because we just see you know, all, all the teams, both men's and women's on game day, not really knowing the journey that they go through throughout the week about learning about themselves and the opposition. For those tuning in, we're chatting with Gail Broughton after a win with the Māori All-Stars. Gail, I guess a hot burning question for people who aren't aware is that you had such a long and successful career in rugby union and then you made the transition to league and have already started making such great moves within your career in the early stages. But what initially inspired the code change? I think for me, like, um, as you know, as I said, being in the Sevens um, environment, grateful to be there for 10 years and um, to really cement, um, you know, my legacy in that, in that team and be a part of some pretty special moments. But 
for me, you know, I guess it was always being around these amazing women and amazing management that we truly wanted the best for each other off the field and, and we always strive to, I guess, um, challenge each other, not only in a rugby sense, but also in, in life sense. And for me, it was just like a dream, you know, like I had accomplished winning gold at Tokyo and it was kind of like a still moment, almost like um, like I, I, I wanted to be challenged again and I wanted, you know, and... NRLW was, you know, hot on on the news and I thought, man, I would love to be a part. And, and obviously, you know, growing, I, I, I was in a household filled with, um, you know, NRL gurus. Well, my family think they're gurus <laughs> in the NRL. <laughs> but um, but I, I grew up completely just around rugby league and, you know, rugby was kind of like the second sport in my family home. So, for me, it was always about achieving and chasing a dream that I that I wanted since I was a child, really. And um, I remember back in you know when I was twelve, and I I got I still remember this day I I got um, really badly concussed because um, I used to play with the boys back at, back at that age, and um, I got knocked out in a grand final game against the boys, and I pretty much got told I could. That was my last rugby league game at that age. So it was kind of reliving that moment, but obviously getting to play it at a very high standard with some of the best league players in the world. And it's just, oh, it's just a dream come true, really. And um, I, I've never really tried to, I guess, aim for any accolades. It was just purely to play a sport that I've loved since I was a child. And, um, getting that opportunity was, yeah, I, I had to jump without hesitation. It's great to hear that that passion for for playing sport and and having that as as I guess the driving force behind uh, wanting to play in their LW. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about the the differences, I guess, between playing rugby for so long and then making the switch over to league and uh, what it was like in that that first season with the Eels? Yeah, I, I guess like. Um, the transition for me personally was was actually quite um, difficult because, like, obviously when you're 12, you don't you know run shape in, <laughs> you know you don't you don't have certain players in certain positions. But um, it was for me it was learning the game of league and and really understanding, I guess, what my role would be and how I could best. I guess add to add to that, and um, for me, like working with the likes of you know Samama Talfa, um, God, so many names, but just really trying to be a sponge in that in that sense of learning the game, and um, but I, I felt like I had quite a good skill set that I could bring differently. Obviously, sevens is a very fast-paced game. Um, but I, this is a funny thing, right, that makes me laugh all the time is people assume that because sevens players run a lot, we just like, you know, like we just 
must be super fit and we just love running. No, that that's a complete lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just let's just straighten that out, okay? We sevens players, we don't like running. We just you know, it's our job to run fast multiple times. So for me, I, I was I was quite gifted in that sense of um, being in a high performance, I guess, environment with the sevens and the skill set had to be at a certain standard to bringing that um, into the league game and really, you know, kicking off my left foot and I guess fending and footwork, all that stuff kind of played played into the game of league but it was just for me it was like really learning my role as whether it was a fullback or a six or a seven or you know whatever position it was but I still think it's it it makes me smile because I know I've still got a long way to go and and that's the scary thing is like I'm just forever asking questions about okay so this situation and this scenario and how can I build my skill set in these places? And yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a journey, um, learning the game, but a journey that I've definitely um taken taken full head on with. Gee, if you still have some time, what we love to do with our guests is run a segment called Tip On. It's basically sixty seconds of rapid fire questions. Would you be down to play before you shoot off? Of course. Of yes. Course. All right. Well, holla. My wonderful co-host will take you through this one. All right, here we go. The clock is on. What have you been binging lately? Oh, my God. Uh, Roll-ups. What, <laughs> what is your coffee order? Uh, caramel latte. Who is your most annoying teammate? Oh, Kennedy Truman. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your sporting hero? Oh, uh, my brother, Royden. Do you fold or do you scrunch? Oh, I fold. What would be your wrestler entrance song? Oh, <laughs> what is your what was your favorite movie as a kid? Oh, um, Toy Story. Uh, which teammate has the worst fashion sense? Oh my god! Oh, that's hard. That's right. We can oh. pass. We go to the next one. Yep. Do you have a hidden talent? Oh, um. I can juggle four balls. That's a good one. Uh, which shoe do you put on first, your left or your right? Oh, left. Uh, we, oh, I just ran out of time to get the question out. Gail, you did pretty well then, I thought. Damn. I could have. I was like, I was going to say everyone. Everyone has a worst, <laughs> worst fashion. <laughs> worst fashion everyone sense. is. No, actually, you know what? I would have chose Taylor Preston. Her fashion sense. Oh, my Jesus Lord. <laughs> give us a run through. Give us a run through of something she wears. It's no good. Oh my god! I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I, I honestly, I just. I, it starts with the odd socks. That's where we're going to start. We're going to start there, <laughs> and then we'll move on to the jeans that can't fit because she picked the wrong size and they're the wrong color. They're supposed to be black. She got light gray. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, she... I don't. I, I feel like I'm just going to roast her on this. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll leave it going on. We'll leave it there. Taylor Preston, no good with the dress sense. But Gal, thanks very much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? It's been awesome to hear about your journey, to listen to you talk about uh, what it's like being an NRLW player and, and what you did in rugby. Uh, we look forward to watching the upcoming season, both in the New South Wales Cup and also the NRLW when that comes out. Uh, thanks again for joining us.
No, thank you guys so much, man. Love this. Anytime, anytime. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Time to get into the heads of athletes, which is sometimes a good thing, but a good thing, but not always. Sarah, we've got a question this week, uh, and it's really relevant to a lot of athletes. Uh, you want to share it with us? Yes, our question this week comes from Atlanta in Canterbury, and her question to us is: What's the worst injury you've had? I can speak to this, but I want to ask you first, Hala, what is the worst injury you've ever had? Firstly, this is an interesting question because I used to go out to do school clinics and um, school visits and do uh, different workshops and that with school students or young kids. Never talk about bad injuries because it puts people off playing sport, right? But it's also something that any athlete can relate to at any level, right? Um, I, I've had a few. I had a few over my, my career and some that still give me issues right now. Like I'm, I've retired... Uh, I'm seven years retired from playing football, but I still have like niggles that sort of hang around with me um, now. But probably the worst one in terms of time off, I, I had a torn rotator cuff in my left shoulder. I tore it in 2004. I was on tour with the Kiwis in England. I tore it in the last match I played in over there. Came back to Australia. Didn't know that I'd torn it. I had a few scans that didn't show up. And then in about February, January or February, I just kept getting a lot of pain for it. So my doctor at the time from the Tigers sent me for an MRI again just to double check and they found a uh, like a three-quarter thickness tear in my rotator cuff. So um, the season was about to kick off and they said, if you get surgery now, you're going to be out for the season, seven months out. And I said, no, I don't want to miss football. Can I play with it? They said, we'll only let you play if you come back and get ultrasounded every six weeks. We'll check to make sure the tear hasn't got any worse and we'll let you keep playing. You've got to wear a brace, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up playing. It was 2005 was the year we won the premiership. So Oh, no way. I got to play the whole season. I had another little injury in the middle of the year that put me out for some time. But um, if I had had the surgery, I wouldn't have been able to play that year. Slight indoors moments. Who knows what would have happened. But um, I played that whole season with a busted rotator cuff and got to win a, win a grand final. And uh, I went for surgery literally eight days after the GF, went and got surgery on my shoulder and was laid up for like seven months after that. And I still have like no strength in my shoulder over my head and gives me like grief every now and then. So that's probably the worst, worst injury that I've had in terms of the timeout. But um, there was a silver lining in that. It, it got me to a grand final some way or another. That's really crazy. Imagine if you didn't, as you mentioned, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have gone on to to win your like your your only premiership throughout um your career which again is so rare because it's it's a rarity to even come away with one yeah right so that's that's crazy i didn't know that so thanks for sharing um my yes. worst injury that i had was my left acl i had blown i had blown it i guess a few years prior but they say that you can actually once you've torn your acl you can continue to play on it you just I guess, compromise your stability, quality of play, quality of life, sorry. And so I would just strap it and I just thought, oh, over time it's going to be fine because it's just a minor tear. But then in 2017, I did a good number on it, completely tore it. And what had happened was because I was playing club footy and you're always encouraged, even at club footy, to have health insurance because there's not a lot of cover available otherwise. And blew my knee, had no health insurance. And at the time I was only playing club footy, but at the time I actually thought I was playing my best footy that I had in a, in a, in a little while. So I 
was keen to get surgery and when I went to go see the specialist, you know, that, that $200 visit for a 15-minute yarn showing me the same diagrams I saw on Google earlier that morning, um, I was told it's got, it was going to cost me 12 grand. 12 grand I didn't have, 12 grand my family didn't have. Or even if they did, I wasn't going to ask them for it because playing rugby was my decision. And, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I also knew that money wasn't available to us. So I believe I was 21 at the time and I took myself to the bank and I asked for a 12 grand loan and then I booked myself in for surgery and I got the surgery done and had this hefty loan sitting over my head for a few years for most of my 20s actually um and do I regret I guess doing it that way not at all I guess the thing to highlight was because I was playing my best footy at club I still, even still then I had this real strong desire to play for Australia and I wanted to play, I wanted to play representative rugby, like I knew I had to play state and then I hopefully would crack onto the national squad. So what I sat across from the surgeon is like, well, it's either you get this loan, I mean, not get this loan, it's like you can get your surgery done and this is what it costs, otherwise you're going to have to go in the public waiting system, which we know is a very vague statement because you don't know how long you're going to be on that list for. It could be three weeks or it could be three months possibly even longer. And then a lot of times it's, a, it's longer. So I just thought, well, do I just want to get this loan and kind of fasten my recovery and get my rehab underway as soon as possible? Or do I want to waste a year just sitting on the sideline, just waiting for my name to be called by the public hospital? So I went with the former and yeah, I'm really, I stand by my decision. Like it was, it was rough. And I guess the biggest learning curve in that is, you know, as a young athlete, particularly when you're playing amateur level um, sport to really understand what kind of protection exists for you so that you don't find yourself in a similar situation to mine. And yes, uh, health insurance can be argued as not being necessary, a necessary expense, but um, you, you are grateful you have it when like crap hits the fan and you need that immediate cover. And yeah, so that's my uh, long story about injury and insurance. But uh, look, I'm here now and I play for the Waratahs and the Wallaroos, so no regrets. No regrets at all. That's that's um, good advice though, Sarah, because um, yeah, injuries in sport, it's not a matter of if, but when. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, having, having yourself protected would be, uh, would have helped you enormously at the time, but I'm um, grateful that you done what you did. And you got back on the field. And like you said, you're a Wallaroo. So well done. That's it. If you've got a question, please feel free to hit us up. You can find us both on Instagram. My handle is at Sarah Dangama and this blokes is at Dean Hallitau. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around. We'll spotlight our favourite socials. We'll tackle the tough headlines in the rock. But next, we will chat to Nick Iwana in Island Life. This week for Island Live, we're very fortunate to be joined by Nico Huana, who has had lots to do with hockey in Samoa. And he joins us today to give us a bit of an update of how the sport has progressed um, and also as they look forward to their Pacific Games campaign. Nico, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Nico, we'll, we'll get started by getting our listeners a bit of insight to you yourself, um, where you are and, and what your role is with uh, Hockey Samoa. Uh, I'm living in Majin, uh, near Sapphire Centre West, and actually I'm the player representing uh, 
Samoa Hockey in 2017 in uh, Oceania Hockey 5 in Sydney. And also Samoa have, uh, we, we won the silver medal. Uh, and also I'll just try to help in Samoa Hockey Federation to uh, get some sponsorship and also some uh, player for fill up the national team for the Pacific game later this year. Nico, how is, in terms of your, your player stocks or how, how many players are available for selection with Samoa, how is that looking currently? Have you got enough to, to get to a competitive um, team or are you still looking to add more? Uh, at the moment, they start the local come back in Samoa at the moment. And as far as I know, uh, there are a few players there, probably five, six. But for me, I didn't mind to see if any someone uh, in Australia, they play hockey, if they want to try out for the, uh, I mean, the Pacific game. Uh, I will travel to Samoa uh, July this year for doing some training and we might be, if we have some uh, Samoan players may want to go in Samoa, so that's this opportunity to uh, have a few games there, try out and have a to pick uh, probably 10 players. We need the 10 players for the Pacific game. Nico, I guess in terms of looking for talent here within Australia, what, what are the comp- uh, the competitions or how, how do you identify um, Samoan talent in hockey here in Australia? Well, I guess in, in here in Australia, it's a lot of uh, opportunity in Australia because they play in a, a, a nice turf in Australia. And if... I do trust in a lot of playing in Australia because they, I believe they play in a really high level uh, comp in Australia. So that's that's why I, I didn't mind mix up a little bit. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing, uh, probably if I get I get the player, it might be send me a video to me so to show how how they play and what position they play so I can uh, uh, have a look at it and see uh, how we're going to go from there. Nico, could you just explain a little bit, I guess, of your own journey? You've spoken about Samoa uh, broadly about the need to recruit players, but how about you as an individual? How did you first um, find the game and fall in love with it? Uh, how I start playing hockey in here is um, uh, actually I'm the rugby player. I've played rugby all my life and uh, uh, one probably 2000 and probably 2009, I sort of retired from rugby and I sort of uh, looking for another sport to do it. And my wife and my daughter, they played hockey that time. And they introduced me and said, oh, come down, we go and play, see how you go. And I say, I don't really want to play that game because I never play hockey. So anyway, he forced me to go and I go with them and... And I asked for for the other team, and they say, "Oh, did you play hockey before?" I say, "No, this is my first time." And they say, "Oh, sorry, mate, go look at the other team." So, you know, I go ask the other team, and they give me opportunity. Anyway, he give me the hockey stick. I didn't know they only use uh, one side of the stick, not the other side. But funny enough, I scored the the goal in my first game. That's his that's his sort of thing. Start. You know, kick me in in the hockey, and sort of I uh, uh, 
think about a little bit because the, the hockey is more like uh like really you have to understand where because you only use the side of stick so yeah that is uh, the thing I, you know, I play hockey because my wife and my my daughter get me into it is a, it is a real skill having to uh use the not use the back of the stick to do like the the backhand i guess you call it um it's such a small target to use on the end of the stick i've played it when i was younger and uh, i wasn't very good at it so i can appreciate anyone that's got some ability on the hockey field nick i guess um obviously the pandemic affected a lot of the sport a lot of sports around the world um how did it affect uh, hockey i guess in, in samoa yeah well, well what happened in samoa they when they the the cobra hit samoa actually they stopped all the sport in probably in nearly three years they stopped any sport and sort of thing like as you know in samoa when when things is stopped it's pretty hard to kick back in unless like rugby and soccer and netball, this is a, a dominant sport in Samoa. It's really, it's not that bad when they kick back again, but the hockey is sort of a, it's not really big uh, uh, sport in Samoa and sort of thing. So most people, they, uh, uh, kids and play hockey that time when the Goba hit and sort of, uh, it pretty much died, the, the hockey in Samoa, to be honest. That would have been pretty hard, I guess, for someone like yourself who's been able to represent someone and loves the game so much. How have you tried to revive the game? Is it that you're running clinics back in the islands or is it just recruiting players that have played previously? Like what is your tactic around um, getting some players on board, particularly ahead of the Pacific Games in November this year? Well, actually, uh, we have a trip in Samoa uh, this year and because my brother's I got a lot of uh, my nieces and my nephew there, so sort of I start uh, teach them because we got puppy uh, twenty, uh, uh, puppy twenty of kids in my family, so that's why I start to um, uh, I mean twenty five, sorry, twenty five kids is from uh, year ten to up to puppy seven, sixteen years old. So that is a, the, the family I start to do a drill and also I introduce to play hockey and we, we go in a beer, find a, like a, 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 a small field and actually in the front of um, uh, the Lava Hotel in Samoa, so it's a little bit uh, like a, a small field for everybody just go and uh, play. So that's what I took the, my nieces and my nephew there and uh, introduced so everybody come to the park and see what's going on and that's what people start talking about and then we start you know like it, a saturday we, we we do a drill a little bit and all the the local uh, kids come and join in so that's is uh yeah well, one of the things you love about sport uh, particularly in the pacific is that it is a good opportunity for, for young people to get involved and hopefully um yeah being there and, and, and being able to expose uh, and the next generation of hockey players will help boost the game back in Samoa, but also give you that opportunity to give some people some chances to play uh, representative at that elite level at the Pacific Games. Is there Before we let you go, Nico, is there one message you want to send out there for anyone that wants to support um, your push to get to the Games um, later in the year, the Pacific Games? Yeah, well, well, what I really need, I need probably maybe the sponsorship, uh, like a uniform and... There's all the things that people just helping us a little bit, and 
Yeah, that's the sort of thing I really need to do. So it's a sponsorship, that's all. It has been such a pleasure for us to speak to you, Nico, and um, we certainly will be trying our best to try and push, um, I guess, your team out there and see if we can get um, any sponsors on board. But uh, sorry, aside from that, we wish you all the best with your preparations and we look forward to seeing uh, the results at the Pacific Cup later this year. Uh, Thanks very much for having me and I really appreciate what you guys uh, done. So thanks very much again. Five day level. That was Nico Ioane. He is a current squad member of the Samoan hockey team. And just to reiterate, if anyone would like to get in contact, whether they were interested in playing for the Samoan team or had any sponsorship interest, you can contact him at Australia at gmail.com. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Time to look at what's been happening in the social pages this week and going to the person who's got a PhD in social media, Sarah Gama. <laughs> what have you come up with? That's good for me, mate. I like that PhD in social media. Oh, gold sticker for you, Ella. <laughs> uh, my video this week comes from Pig Athletic Club. You always know that when the rugby season is either underway or coming close, they just come in hot with the content and uh, – the Waratahs last week, they put up uh, some footage about the season launch with all of the teams walking out onto the field, both men's and women's, and they uh, replaced it with their own version of the voiceover. Right. First of all, I want you to give a hand for the coaches. Give a hand, give a hand. And third last, I want you to give a hand for yourself. Hey, you guys already do the preseason. You already huo the ma'ala. You're already pruning the plants. And now it's time to harvest your talent for each other. Better than the original, Sarah? Honestly, that's an Oscar-winning performance right there. Like, I just love it. It's so true to Pacifica nuances and culture and people that have just, like, been around it. They just, they, like, it, you can't help but laugh. It's it's very funny. Very funny. The pig athlete, like you said, they, they put uh, some funny stuff, some funny content, I should say, up on their uh, on their pages. Yeah, they're a twisted bunch of lads, but they're good blokes. Twisted. I really like them. <laughs> what about you? What do you find, mate? Well, I know the Super Bowl uh, it went by a week ago now, over a week ago, nearly two weeks ago now. But um, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were partying hard for probably five or six days post the grand final. And Patrick Mahomes is putting up some pretty cool content on his uh, Instagram page. And if our listeners want to head to his Instagram page now, they'll see um, this piece that he put up, which is pretty cool. I'll let the singing do the talking. Does that make sense? No. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna run this down It's a cool piece of content that they go. It's like from the start of the game when they're arriving at the field, and they're you know what NFL American sports when they arrive at the ground, they look like they come in a drip. Yeah, yeah they 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 wear all different sorts of clothing that I would never wear, but they look good. <laughs> they wear it better than I ever would as well. But it's um yeah, it's a cool piece of content from Patrick Mahomes or whoever put it up. I think it's from their their content guy at the Kansas City Chiefs. I love it. I honestly feel hyped up. And I'm also going to use that song, Run This Town, in my game day playlist this Ooh, week, yes. given I'm selected. I mean, selected, not selected. I'll still play the song. It's bloody great. <laughs> That's good from you, Harlow. Proud of you. Thank you. 
in the ruck. Tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? This week in the ruck, we have a few tough headlines to get through. And one that has been taking the news by hold is the Tiger Woods incident, which basically took place at the Genesis Invitational and involved another player, Justin Thomas. Yeah, so I'm obviously the, the golf fan here. And I was watching this last week. Tiger Woods um, playing at the Genesis Invitational alongside Justin Thomas and also Rory McIlroy. And the big news around Tiger Woods is that he hasn't um, played a lot of golf over the last few years since he had a bad car accident, um, which nearly took his life and nearly took his leg after he was in recovery. Um, he's, he's stepped back into the professional circuit over the last probably 18 months, um, although intermittently. Um, in this tournament, he was um, playing with Justin Thomas, as I said, and he drove a ball past him, which um, he thought was pretty cool that he outdrove Justin Thomas, much younger, fitter, hasn't got the injuries that he sustained. And as a result, he's walking down the fairway and decided to play a prank where he handed a tampon into Justin Thomas's right hand, um, basically saying, I, I outdrove you, here's your tampon. That was, I think, the the gist of the joke that he was trying to get across. Now, that was captured. Obviously, there's cameras everywhere, and they captured the, the little gesture that he did. And, um, yeah, it was uh, highlighted the next day, and he's since come out, Tiger Woods, and apologized for any offense that he's caused. Bit of a juvenile prank that has gone wrong and caught the attention of many. Really stupid. But my burning question is, why does he even have a tampon in the first place? I was premeditated. <laughs> he carried it knowing that if he got one past him during the day, surely he was just going to pull the prank. And by reports, they're very good friends, Justin Thomas and, and Tiger Woods. And it's a, I think it's the golfing circuits where they're individual athletes, but they all spend so much time together and play together so regularly that they, they tend to get on pretty well. And that was... Um, yeah, like I said, a juvenile prank gone wrong uh, for Tiger Woods and um, probably not the guy that wants to be making those types of jokes. I'm not going to say anymore because I feel like you've said it all, but yes, poor, a joke, a very poor joke delivered in a complete wrong space and found out, but he's taken accountability for it and you can only hope someone like Tiger Woods can only learn from his 100th lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Over to basketball, the New Zealand Breakers are through to their first Australian NBL Grand Final in seven years. They defeated Tasmania Jack Jumpers in their semifinal series in Auckland, 92 to 77. So they will now take on the defending champs, Sydney Kings, in a series that will begin on March 3rd. This is uh, great for the New Zealand Breakers. They um, obviously seven years without playing in the Grand Final is huge, but Sydney Kings, they've been a force this year and it's going to be hard to knock them off. Best of five series uh, in the NBL Grand Final. So um, it'll go through three. If one team's one or three, obviously they'll um, be the champions. But um, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Breakers go around against the Kings. Imagine if they do that. That'll be pretty freaking huge. Is it still called the Kingdom? Is that like, I don't know. It used to be called the Kingdom where the Sydney Kings played out of. But It's very not. punny, very clever. Yeah, I don't know if it's like that anymore. Last but not least, Fijian Sevens forward Tabiti Dongunui has been named captain of the Fiji men's team for the Los Angeles and Vancouver Sevens. This is huge news um, purely because Wasel Nalungu, who was their former captain, um, has been... I guess, given a break by their coach, Ben Gollings, to get a bit of airspace and focus on his own game. This is really, really exciting because this opens up an opportunity for Tavita and the squad currently has the likes of Jerry Tawai and other senior players in the squad. So I think it's uh, he'll, he's coming to the, he's been thrusted into the role, but he has experienced and very senior players around him um, to hopefully make this transition a little bit smoother because we know the step up from being a player to a captain can be a little bit daunting at times. It's a bit of weight to wear when there are experienced players around you as well, like to, to have to stand up and, and lead them and give them direction. That'd be scary.
scary but like also such a huge flex for him and for him in his career and also for his family so it'd be exciting the the fiji and men in particular um i assume want to go one better because they haven't had the strongest starts um but after a break after the sydney sevens hopefully the body's in top shape and the boys are chomping at the beat to go unfortunately that brings us to the end of the show but do not fear we'll be back same time same place next week don't forget you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bye there. What's all here? Can you be more Pacific? An ABC Sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.